Praise the Lord. Merry Christmas, everybody. I have never heard Christmas songs like this. This is the best rendition I've ever had. I think this is a CD. Yeah, I've never had anything like this. I was carried away. Man, when they were marking me, I was dancing. My friend, it was awesome. You know, God has blessed us with talent. There's no doubt about it. And to God be all the glory. Let us pray. Our precious Father, I want to thank you for Christmas and the privilege to celebrate it and your word which comes to us at this time to teach us how you view Christmas so that we can celebrate it the way you want us to celebrate. That our joy will be full and your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. So we're talking about the lessons of first Christmas. Matthew chapter 2 verse 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You see, today is Christmas Day, the day we remember the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, some people just waste their time fighting over whether Jesus was born on December 25. Who cares? That's not really important. What is important is that he was born. And so we need to celebrate that. And some people say, oh, we don't celebrate Christmas because they think it makes them special, holier than thou. And, and the same people celebrate individual people's birthday. But they will not celebrate the birthday of Jesus Christ. That's what religion can do to people who are not thoroughly, thoroughly informed. I mean, the main point about all of this is that we're celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a tremendous, I want you to listen to me, a tremendous opportunity to bring awareness of the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ to the whole world. This is the cheapest way to evangelize. Do you know that what companies pay for is audience? Super Bowl, what they pay to advertise a product for a minute is in millions, just because of the rich and the audience. Do you know that I was watching World Cup? I don't know how many of you know there was a World Cup I know somebody who doesn't know. I won't call, it, I won't call her Nemo, but she doesn't know. <clears throat> so I was surprised to see in, in Qatar, Brokafo in Qatar, Christmas, Christmas things being sold. That's a, that's a country where you don't, you don't bring Bible. But they were open to selling because visitors were coming in millions. So they were selling, they had a shop for Christmas. Isn't that wisdom that Christmas should be celebrated? Because it brings awareness. It's, you know, listen, the, 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 what, what, what you sell in product is name recognition. Anything that achieves name recognition is a good product. People go to Google. People go to Amazon. People, because of name recognition and the service they give. eBay sells, but... Amazon is no more than eBay. 
So now name recognition is a simple way of bringing your product to people. Billy Graham said that the church has the most important product and that we should bring it to the public. Isn't it marvelous that on a day like this, across the whole world, hidden world, Christ, the whole world, Jesus is being celebrated. And somebody tells you, we shouldn't be doing that, they lost their mind. I want you to be firm, celebrate Christmas, send, send Christmas cards to people, and let them know that unto us a son is born. Can I hear amen? amen. So well, let us get, in, get into what we really want to talk about. is the lessons of the first Christmas. We saw that the people, the first people who became aware of the birth of Jesus Christ were these wise men from the east. They followed a star to where Jesus was born in a manger. And like I said last year, <clears throat> this is not astronomy. It's not astronomy. It's not observation of stars in the constellation. Because there's no star that far that can lead you to a house. There is no star millions of miles away that can lead you to a spot. This is a special star that came so close that they were able to follow it to a particular house. And this is not the only time it has happened. I've read in recent times, my, my, my mentor, my mentor was holding a meeting and somebody was led by a star to that place where he was holding a meeting. And the man said, all of a sudden I saw a light ahead of me and I started to follow it. And when he came to this church, he stopped. And when he entered was when they were making an altar call. So he went straight to the altar, gave his life to Christ. So it's, that's not the only time it has happened. People have seen light guide them to church, guide them to where they give their life to Christ. It keeps happening. So these people saw that kind of light revelation that led them to where Jesus was born. <clears throat> now, these people did two things. And that's the two things we need to look at this day. Because that's the first Christmas, and so we need to learn from them. So when they came, the first thing they did was that they worshipped Jesus the King. They just didn't start giving gifts. They worshipped him. Can I hear amen? amen? So coming into the presence of Jesus and living in his presence requires constant life of worship. And the scripture being a perfect communicator teaches us how to worship Jesus. So we're not in doubt as to how. In Romans 12 verse 1, this is New Living Translation. So, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies, to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will appreciate. This is truly the way to worship him. He that has ear to hear, the Holy Spirit says, if you want to worship God, surrender your entire body to him. I mean, he's the one we're worshiping. He's telling us how we do it. He's the one we're worshiping now, but he's telling us, you want to worship me here? Yeah? Surrender your whole body to me, your mouth, your eye, and everything. Give it to me. Truly, the way to worship him. 
And verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world because they worship a different God. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Now, Jesus himself said something very interesting. He said, it's not everybody that goes to church that is worshiping me. And you should know it's true. Absolutely true. So in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, he said, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually, there's a caveat to this thing. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. 22. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, because they are used to that. But they were never, never worshipping him. They are used to all this Lord, Lord thing, you know. So they said, on the judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons. So many. <laughs> in your name. And performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you at all. Can you imagine that? He said, all this while I didn't know you. I didn't know who you are. Oh, but these are the things that we see. And we say, yeah, this man must be close to God. Jesus said, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Can we learn from him? I never knew you. Get away from me. You who break God's laws, you never surrendered your life to me. I don't know the power that was using you doing all of those things, but not me. People don't believe their false miracles. But Jesus said, uh, I never knew you. All these miracles and things you are doing, it wasn't even me. I wasn't part of it at all. Because you didn't worship me the way I recommended that you worship me. Luke 6, 46. So why do you keep calling me Lord Lamb when you don't do what I say? He says, it's no point. True worshipers give their whole heart and life to the Lord Jesus. Our actions give credence to our worship words. Any words not backed by action is worthless and vain. If I go to my wife and sing every morning, honey, I love you. In the afternoon, I love you. In the evening, I love you. Another morning, I love you. But my words are saying the opposite. I've been sorting her intelligence. Matthew 15, 8. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. But, next right, the problem is their heart is far from me. And in vain, they worship in their churches. Just a waste of time. Because he said, I never knew you. It's, it's just sleeps. And it's a lot. People, it's a lot. He said, what they do is in vain they worship me. Teaching as doctrines, commandments of me. They won't teach what I said. They teach commandments of me. Not what I said. 
Now John 4, 23, but the hour cometh, and now is the time. Brethren, the hour cometh, and now is the time. Now is the time when two worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. When you say, I want to worship Jesus, he says, mean it with all your We can't serve two masters, people. It's not possible. The Father, we said we worship him in, 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 when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. See, can you imagine God say, I'm seeking such people. I'm looking for them to worship me. He said, but God is a spirit too. He's not a human being. He's not a human being. And they that worship him cannot worship him with carnality, with the flesh. Because it's a spirit. Must worship him in spirit and truth. From their spirit, from their heart. Surrendering all to him. And God knows such people. You know, there's something that Paul wrote to the Galatians. I read it. I'm like, wow. He said, it's not that you know God, but that God knows you is the point. Galatians chapter 4 verse 9. But now, you know God. Or rather... But now you know God, or rather, that this is the key thing. It's not that I know, no, no. Or rather, God knows you. Two different things. I was telling my son, when you can say my son, <laughs> I said, forget about anybody can, anybody can preach. I said, the key thing is, how does God respond to you? Say, read the whole Bible. You will see that God responds to people differently. If you draw close to him, he will what? Which means there are people who have taken time to draw close to God. I say, look at God of heaven and said, can I do anything without first talking to Abraham, my friend? What? Abraham didn't even pray. God said, I'm not going to do anything. I have to talk with you. That's a privilege of people who have yielded everything to him, who honor him with their life, he honors them back. I said, prayer should never be a struggle. God didn't intend prayer to be a struggle. Second Timothy 2, 19. But God stood stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. We can't fool him. I can't fool him. I can come here and do senior pastor all I want to. But he knows those who are. You can fight me, do whatever you like. He knows. And that in our Christian faith, this is really all that matters. To be honest with you, you know the miracles we receive, as beautiful, as wonderful as they are, they are temporary things. Do you know that Lazarus was raised from the dead, right? Uh-uh. Where is Lazarus now? He died. All those are temporary things to keep you going in life. 
The thing that will keep you eternally is the spiritual thing. So the key thing in our Christian faith is this thing we are talking about here. That makes Christmas Christmas from God's point of view. Galatians 6.14 As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, dead. And the world's interest in me has also died. 15. Can we read 15 together? Want to go? It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into what? He said that's what counts. Doesn't matter you can wear any tag, call yourself Apostle Chinedu. In fact, I think I begin, begin to be an apostle now. Why not? Apostle Chinedu, man. You know, in Nigeria, I know everybody's apostle now. They have gone beyond bishop. They used to be pastor. They now they promoted the bishop. And promoted. I was asking someone, I said, what does an apostle do? And yet he's an apostle, he doesn't know. Yeah. I say, you're apostle, yeah. I say, what, what the, does the Bible say an apostle does? And how do you identify an apostle from the scripture? Doesn't know. Truth. I said, but you take this. The Bible says, no one take this honor what? You are doing dangerous stuff. It's called strange fire. That's what finished Saul. He finished Saul. He went to stand in the office of uh, Samuel, and God said, I'm done with you. He said, today I take the power and the from you. I'm done. Don't talk with spiritual things, and don't talk with the Holy Spirit. You will pay incredible price for such foolishness. So it doesn't really matter what I call myself or how, what I do here. I can bamboozle you, force you to obey me, because it's what circumcised or not, names you call yourself see relevant to me. What matters most is have you been transformed into a human? Because that's how you can worship me in truth and what? That's how. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. And God says, I'm seeking such people. Have you been transformed into a human? You know, you know Christians still still they steal. Hey, church. Church. Christians. Look at me. Stop. Look at Josh. Look up here. Christians still steal. Yep. Christians still what? Steal. See, people sit in churches looking at me. Greedy. Are you kidding me? Colossians 3, 7. You used to do these things when you were alive or still part of this world. You used to behave like this. Now you take things from people you won't pay. And you come to church and say you're worshiping God. If the pastor doesn't tell you the truth, it's a false pastor. Yeah. The worst you can do is I'm not coming to this church again. Go now. 
You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of all of these things. Get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slandering people, people slandering people. When emotions get hot, the thing that comes here, we slander everybody, no condemn the whole world. And dirty language, don't lie to each other, people. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature now and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature. That's how you worship God. And be renewed as you learn to know your creature and become like him. In this new life, people, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew Again, the same thing is showing here. Circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric or civilized, slave or free. Christ is all Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. The church in Macedonia, I'm not talking of one church. Churches in Macedonia, they understand this. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it says in verse 1, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Church is not one. So this principle has been understood by the early church. Why did we lose it? Verse 2, they are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundance of joy, which has overflowed in their regenerosity. Verse 3. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. Verse 4. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gifts for the believers in Jerusalem. Verse 5. Can we read verse 5 together? One, two, go. They even did it more than we hoped. For their first action was what? Give themselves to the Lord and then again to us, just as God wanted them to to be talking. They came and worshipped him and the Lord said, teach them to worship me. Just like God wanted them to do. And still wants us to do today. Do you know that how much, how much of our lives is controlled by God will reflect in how we honor God, even how we behave in churches. Behave. When we come here, what we do. Even in, even in the house of God. How much of our lives is controlled by God we reflect in how much honor we give God and how we serve him and how we respond to his word. Look at Abel. The Bible said that the gift he brought to God proved that he's a righteous man, that he proved that this man fears God and honors God by what he offered God. Look at it in Hebrews chapter 11. 4. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence, gave evidence, gave evidence, 
that he was a righteous man. How he honored God was a proof of his life. People who are irreverent to God just don't know him. And God showed his approval of his gift. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Now let's look at Cain, who also brought gift. Only God knows the type of animal this man brought. Genesis 4, verse 3. Later, Cain brought some crops from the land as an offering to the Lord. Abel also brought some choice parts of the firstborn animals from his flock. The Lord approved of Abel and his offering, but he didn't approve of Cain and his offering. Did you see how the Holy Spirit described what Abel brought? He said the choice part. He didn't use the same word for Cain. He didn't use it for Cain. The Lord approved of Abel and his and his offering. But he didn't approve of Cain and his offering. So Cain became very angry and was disappointed. Then the Lord asked Cain, why are you angry? Why do you look disappointed? If you do well, won't you be accepted? But if you don't do well, sin is lying outside your door, ready to attack. It wants to control you. I'm not controlling you. Something else. But you must master it. You have to overcome this thing. Cain talked to his brother Abel later when they were in the field. Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. See the kind of person he is? He reflected in what he offered to God. He reflected in how he responded to God. The Lord asked Cain, where is your brother Abel? Listen to this man. I don't know, he answered. Am I supposed to take care of my brother after he's killed him? You see, when he brought his gift, he reflected in how he was so, he had such contempt for God that in his gifting he showed disrespect to God. I mean, let me say it again. How much God controls you shows even what people do here. Nobody will fight you doing what you like. People do here. It shows no respect for the presence of God. And when God spoke to him, he said, my, 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 my brother's keeper. And he killed him. And then, you know, the point is that in Jude, the Holy Spirit was still referring to Cain as rebellious and evil. Look at it. When, when, the, when, when the writer of Jude was talking about the prophecy of, um, of Enoch, the servant from Adam, he's saying that this prophecy is being fulfilled now. And he was giving Cain as an example. Look at it. Jude 1, verse 8, I will read verse 8, I will read verse 10. It says, in the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams. <laughs> you know, I taught you here, I said, never, never bring doctrine from dreams, my friend. Don't you ever do stuff like that. Or from revelation, I said, God should be. I don't know who should do, but don't bring it from doctrine. God gave us scripture for doctrine, period. See what the scripture, the Holy Spirit is saying here. He said, these people who claim authority from their dreams, live immoral life. They defy authority. They have no respect. They, who is their pastor? They don't care. They don't know God. They defy authority and scoff at supernatural things. But these people scoff at things they do not understand self. Like unthinking animals. 
They do whatever their instinct led them, and so they bring about their own destruction. What sorrow awaits them? For they follow in the footsteps of Cain. He said, this is Cain. This is behavior. Who killed his brother? And like Balaam, they deceive people for money. And like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. So you see, how much knowledge of God I know makes my Christmas reflect divine will for Christmas. It makes it reflect it. People, we're not dealing with people. We're dealing with God Almighty. We're not dealing with them. Let's remember that. In Matthew chapter 2, look at Peter. And when Jesus was born, oh, sorry, I'm talking about the, the people that came to do the first Christmas. And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Verse 2. See, where is he? That is born king of the Jews. Oh, how can he be king? But he was in a manger. I know they say, no, 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 no. We know who he is. <laughs> manger does not define this person here. God revealed him to us. We know who he is here. Uh, but he said, baby, no. <laughs> we know he's king, he's God. That's what happens when you know God. You don't need anybody to remind you. You bow before him. You honor him. It's automatic. It's automatic. Verse 2, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. He's king. We want to worship him. In the manger, yeah, I want to worship him. We know who he is. Oh, we need to worship him. We just have to, because it's God. Verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down. Small child, a baby, they fell down and worshipped him. What drove that? They realize who was here. Who was here? And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts worthy of a king. Gold, frankincense, and mass. What drove it is they knew him. They knew him. Praise the Lord. Christmas from God's point of view. Start with worship. And daily worship. Continuous worship. God says I'm seeking such to worship. But you can't worship him in the flesh. You have to put on the new man. You have to know who he is. So that their worship will be from the heart. And you give him worship due his name. My mic is off. Okay, fine. So Jesus was trying to reveal to his disciples that they didn't know him. They followed him. He was trying to show them. We don't know. You know, they were arguing with him. They were arguing with him. I said, you don't know me. 
So in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say, Thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? <laughs> you that follow me, do you know me? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. He said, You can't know me except God reveals me to you. And they didn't know him. Because when he, when he, when he rebuked the wind, he said, What kind of man is this? That even the winds, what? They didn't know him. Because the Spirit had to come and reveal him to them. So it, the, the second thing that we saw that they did was that they started to give Jesus gifts worthy of a king. In Proverbs 3, 9, the Bible says, Honor the Lord with what? Honor the Lord with what? I didn't hear you. Honor the Lord with what? And with the first fruit of? Yeah, it's honor. It's honor. It's one way you honor God. You don't... Treat God like a schoolboy. It's on. And so in Malachi chapter 1, verse 7, you see, God says, You have shown contempt by offering defied sacrifice on my altar. Then you ask, How have we defied the sacrifice? You see, you defied them by saying, The altar of the Lord deserves no respect. When you give blind animals or sacrifices, is that, isn't that wrong? Isn't it wrong? to offer animals that are crippled and diseased. Try giving gifts like that to your governor. See how it pleases him, says the Lord of heaven and earth. Go ahead. Beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring this, the kind, that kind of offering, why should he show you any favor at all? Ask the Lord of heaven's army. Ten, how I wish, how I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's time, and I will not accept your offering. But my name is honored by people of other nations from morning till night. All around the world, they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in, in honor of my name, for my name is great among the nations, says the Lord of heaven's time, verse 12. But you dishonor my name with these actions. By bringing contemptible food, you are saying it is right to defy the lost table trail. You say, oh, it is too hard to serve God. It's too difficult. It's too hard. Serve the Lord. And you turn up your noses at my commandments. Say the Lord of heaven's army. Think of it. Animals that are stolen, crippled. Seek being presented as offering. Should I accept from you such offerings as these as the Lord? Number two is one way of giving to the Lord is giving to the poor. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, 
inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was unhungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you gave me, you took me in, 36. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, fed thee, thirsty, gave thee drink, that is it. When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee, and took thee in, our naked, and clothed thee. And when saw we the sick, or in prison, or came unto thee, forty, and the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I saw unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these ones. All this, my brethren, you have done it unto. So one way to give God gift is to give to the poor. Take care of the less privileged, those who are sick, the homeless. The first church also live by this principle. Galatians 2, 9. And when Jesus, when, when James, Cephas, and John who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me. They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They desired only that we should remember the poor. The very thing which I also was eager to do. Remember the poor. At Christmas, remember the poor. Not only Christmas, remember the poor. That's one way to give to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, also, we need to forgive people forgiveness. This is season you should forgive people. If you're holding anybody, just forgive him. I read on Thursday, I don't know how many people listen to Bible studies, but thank God that the number of people that listen now is about three or four times what we used to have when we were coming in person. Now the thing is spread all over the world. People listen in Nigeria all over the place. So, but I don't know if you listen to that Bible study, was trying to teach about prayer. And they're talking about how the chosen fast of God. That God told us the type of fast he wants. It's exactly what we're preaching here. You can forget food. Yeah, people have fasted and they didn't eat food. That's okay. I do that too by the grace of God. But let me remind us that being kind and being merciful, God values it more than your fasting. He said why? He said I prefer mercy more than what? Sacrifice. That's God's order of things. God says, you, you, you're not eating, but you're wicked. Eating, but you're pointing fingers at people. You're condemning people. Say, but you come here and tell me you're fasting for me. Say, that's not for me. You're fasting for yourself. God prefers mercy. More than what? Sacrifice. So this season of Christmas, if you have anything against anybody, forgive them. Let it go. Can I hear amen? Give it as a gift. You know, my, my late cousin, they stole 10,000 euros from him in France. He was checking out of his hotel. He had left his briefcase. And then they stole the briefcase. He had all his passport, everything, 10,000. Cash. So he told me he was yelling all over the place. He was angry. <laughs> and I said, if you gave me that money, it would have been safe. So he, <laughs> he was angry. He said, brother, this people. I said, you know, listen to me. I said, you know that what we deal with the devil is not a physical thing. I said, Jesus defeated him. What we're dealing with is his deceit, his strategies. And the only way you can defeat him is apply the wisdom of God. I said, let me tell you, 
that is still in your hand to recover that money. But apply spiritual method. He said, what do I do? I said, stop calling it stolen. Stop calling it lost. If you keep saying it's lost, it will be lost forever. I said, your word has power. I said, call it a seed. Rename it a seed and sow it into their lives. God will be obligated to bring it back to you. He said, really, I said, I'm telling you. I said, show mercy, forgive them. Sow it into their life as a seed. Stand here and say, Lord, I forgive them, they are poor. I sow it into their life as a seed. In your name, I give it. I say, do that. Watch what God would do. He did. It wasn't three weeks after I was back in Lagos. One night he called me. He said, he said brother, wow. I said, what is this one? He said, somebody came to my house this night and gave me $13,000 cash. And he said, the man said, I can't sleep. He said, I, I can't sleep. And he said, you got to take this money. I can't sleep. He said, God woke me up and said, I told you to give him that money. Give, he said, I have to bring it this night so that I can go home and sleep. If you sow, you reap. You see how he outwitted the devil? Praise the Lord. So you should release people, forgive them. There's some, some brothers here, they stole their, their van. They started to do business. They stole their van, van in Newark. They told me, I said, I, I said can you sow that into them? I said, I said, I said, if you sow it into them, I said, it won't be 24 hours, the devil will return it. Because he doesn't want you to get blessing out of it. He will return it quickly. Because he knows you have outwitted him. So, and they, it was from Mike and Elijah. I said, I said, sow it into them. So they prayed and said, Lord, we give it to them, we sow it into them. I said, seed, and we worship you. We love them, we forgive it wasn't a few hours. Police called them. Your van is back. Call Elijah. You know Elijah. No? <laughs> Mike, you can ask them. I told him, I said, we are not engaging Satan in this, in this uh, kicking with leg is foolishness. <laughs> I said, you can't improve on the defeat that Jesus gave him. Jesus defeated him totally. So all he's doing is trying to deceive you that he's not defeated. And if he convinces you he's not defeated, you begin to say things that hurt you yourself. I say, use the wisdom of God. You use good and overcome evil. Can this be a period when you can use good to overcome evil? Forgive people. Forgive, they hurt you, forgive them. Men, give it to God as Christmas gift. And say, Lord, I forgive this person. I forgive this person. I release this person. I've, Lord, I sow this as seed in your name. It hurts me, but I love you so much, I will do it. Here is my Christmas gift for you. I release them. Can I hear amen? amen. If you are a wife here, forgive your husband. If I have not bought you a Christmas gift, he will still come by because now I'm telling him he has to buy. So you have to just... I bought you now. Okay. Praise the Lord. Did you hear what I'm saying? You must release people today. You have to let it go. You gain nothing from that. Sow it into their life and see the wonders of God. God will reward you tremendously if you do such things. For with such sacrifices, God is uh, pleased. Let's pray.
Precious Father, we just want to thank you for the word you gave us. The type of Christmas you desire is that we worship the king first. And we bow before him. Not just with our lips, but we bow with everything that's within me. Praise you. Bring all my mouth, all my body, everything surrender to you to control. And I will bring you gifts worthy of your name. And again, to remember the poor, the less privileged, and to forgive people. To forgive people. To forgive them. Let's sow love into their lives. That's what you're asking us to do. It pleases you. Father, I trust you with this word. Only you can cause it to penetrate our hearts. Let it bear fruit for your glory. That our joy should be full. In Jesus' name we pray.